hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysert, Senior Content Executive at Goodlord, and today I'm joined by Megan 18, a business development manager at Haslams and an expert in all things TikTok, social media, podcasting, um, you name it. It seems that you're very good at reaching out to to your audience. So welcome to the podcast, Megan. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a great intro. Well, you know, it's uh, it's very impressive all the things that you're involved in. But uh, so I'm very much looking forward to this conversation and delving into that a little bit. We will obviously be leaning on that expertise that you have there. Um, but, uh, you know, we will be looking at it in the context of what's going on in the lettings industry at the moment. Uh, there is generally quite high tenant demand, uh, low stock in most areas. Um, so it is quite a busy time for agents and finding these new opportunities it is quite important to do so so I think talking about TikTok and things as well will, will be a possibly a new area for agents uh, to discover yeah. and find new uh, new opportunities out there. To kick us off Megan if you wouldn't mind perhaps telling us a bit about you a bit about your backgrounds and a bit about Haslam's as well. Yeah of course no problem at all so um, as you've already kindly introduced me I'm Megan 18 um, I'm the business development manager here at Haslam's estate agents in Reading. Um, Haslam's uh, best way to describe Haslam's, we are Reading born and bred. Uh, we're market leaders for lettings. We've got a huge new homes department and a sales department with a really great rec- um, reputation. So we're really lucky. Um, we also have under our wing Michael Hardy, which is based in Wokingham. So again, another really well-established brand. So we're really, really lucky. Um, God, me, about me. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know where to start, really. So aside from that, I'm the Arla Regional Executive for Oxfordshire and Berkshire. Um, I do a bit of mentoring for agents together. Um, I've been doing the job for, I don't know, 13 years now, I think. Um, yeah, that's me really, I think. No, well, that's that's a good introduction. It's a good place to start, I think. Um, it's funny you mentioned agents together. We recently had um, Stephen Brown on one of our webinars, and he he gave you a, a shout out. He said oh. that you really loved your TikTok videos and so on. So it's uh, oh, I love Stephen. He's such a good guy. I think I say on every podcast I go on how much I love Stephen Brown. <laughs> he was he was very interesting to to listen to in the yeah, webinar. He's great. So, so. Um, no, well, that's great. I mean, obviously, then Haslam's, you've got quite a big presence in the in the market, as you said, especially in lettings. Um, I mean, w- would you are you seeing any particular trends in the area at the minute? I mean, are you seeing this this high tenant demand and, and low stock situation that uh, that seems to be prevalent in the industry at the moment? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I think uh, I think it would be um, shocking if I said no. So yeah, for every you know property we've got, we've got ten tenants looking, and and it's. Um, it's a pretty bonkers environment that's been going on for a while, really. Um, interestingly, during COVID, we had that push, but we lost a lot of interest in apartments. And it was a lot of, you know, places with outside space or balconies. Um, so the apartments without outside space really suffered. Whereas now it doesn't seem to matter. It just seems to be everything goes for crazy money. And uh, yeah, it's it's multiple applications on on most properties, really. So great for a landlord, not great for a tenant. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting in and of itself, I suppose, the fact that, as you said, there was perhaps a bit of a trend in terms of what tenants were looking for, but now it is just looking for anything that's available. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, we're a bit, you know, where we are in Reading, you know, we're on the suburbs really of London now. Um, so when everybody sort of pushed themselves out of London because they could realise in Reading they got a bit more value for money. 
then it pushed all the people from Reading into the more kind of greener spaces. So it's kind of had this knock-on effect through the rippling down the M4, really, all the way to Wales. <laughs> are, are you still seeing, um, is it primarily, you would you say, people coming from London, people now looking to Reading, or, or is it still locals, obviously, in the area still looking to move? I mean, is, is there any particular uh, uh, prevalence in one side uh, over the other? I would say that we get a really fair split of, you know, people like, you know, Londoners and locals. But what we've seen a massive increase in the last six months has been overseas tenants. And I think that's where restrictions have um, really kind of lifted slightly or, or, or eased in places. It's made these businesses able to bring their clients back. And I, my um, my boss, Steve Woodford, he I think it, he said to me that it was 13 of some of the world's biggest companies have head offices here in Reading. Um, which is a pretty amazing stat. You know, we've got places like Microsoft and PepsiCo and all these great, you know, places like Huawei, um, you know, big companies that bring people, you know, from all over the world to Reading. Um, so we've seen a huge take up of people from overseas taking properties for sure. That's good then, especially, you know, well, demand is, is always a good thing, but mm-hmm. especially after Brexit. I mean, would you say that it's it's a bigger proportion of people looking from overseas um, than before Brexit? Or would you say that it's just purely restrictions that have been lifted and people are just, everybody's uh, moving at once? It, do you know what? That's quite a difficult question to answer, I think, because we got Brexit and we all thought, oh, no, what's this going to do to our industry for the next year? And then we had COVID hit like three months later and we almost forgot that we had Brexit going on because we had this massive pandemic. Um, so the honest answer is I don't know whether it's COVID or whether it's Brexit. Um, and I think that's the best thing I can say is it could be either of those things. But um, but interestingly, the most common um, country we seem to be getting people from is Hong Kong. Um, so much so that my marketing team put together a, a whole guide for tenants relocating from Hong Kong to help them you know with their um their move to try and make it easier for them so that's been very interesting seeing you know how particularly Hong Kong we've seen a huge uptake of people arriving no it is uh, and I guess it would help the fact that you can spot that trend um, and help you to to target slightly more your your marketing activities it's it is interesting that uh, that it is quite so specific that trend that you're seeing that movement that you're seeing yeah um I, I also I spotted on on your website that you've um that there is quite a bit of investment at the moment in the build to rent mm-hmm. uh, sector within yeah. reading yeah. um I mean is that something that do you think that that will help the you know, the imbalance between demand and supply? I mean, do you think that that will be a growing trend as we look to the future? I definitely think it's not going away, for sure. Um, I definitely think we've got uh, a lot of future proofing to do as a state agent in these big areas like this to make sure that we're able to compete with that model. I think you have to embrace it for what it is. You know, it's, it's a whole different model than what we're used to in a traditional sense. It's a, a very American concept. Um, I went and had a look around the, the newest addition to the town and I was blown away I thought it was fantastic so I think you just have to have that balance between you know embracing these new changes but then not letting it lose sight of what you've got now you know I think it depends on who your tenants are you know and actually funny enough good lord you know you, when you use that platform you can pull out all these stats which is really handy when you come to doing that but um, you know for example we deal with a lot of what we call millennials or gen z now, for us, you know, the typical 
millennial and Gen Z, you know, they they want everything easy. They want everything packaged, you know. So for a build to rent model, that's exactly what you're getting. You know, everything's packaged up for you and you just, you know, turn up, pay your monthly rent and that's it. Um, whereas for some people, and again, it's maybe a generational shift, you want more, um, you know, you want more control. You want to input your meter readings every month and make sure that everything is to the letter. And I think that that shows a massive change to our industry. So I think you just need to work out where your model is, what, you know, what your target audience is. Look at your tenants and, and embrace it or, you know, or build a model around it that works. Uh, it it is incredibly interesting i mean especially the way that you split the the audiences and uh, obviously it won't be literally clear cut in that sense yeah, but um no. it uh, it perhaps does suggest that build to rent will become uh, an even bigger uh, part of the industry as that generation sort of continues to to grow the generation z uh, generation starts to grow um and i think that, that to be fair that sort of brings us uh, quite nicely onto the topic of i suppose how you reach your audience with TikTok being uh, being one one component of that. I mean, is the fact that you are leaning on TikTok in particular at the moment, um, is that partly due to the fact that you do have quite a strong audience within the generation Z, um, you know, that, that generation, the millennials and so on? Um, it, it certainly wasn't at the start, no. Um, you know, being perfectly honest, I joined TikTok where before I joined the Haslam's team I was already on TikTok and and it came off the back of a a social media training that I did with a a lady called Rachel who's um, from Arla and she said the next big thing's going to be TikTok so you've either got to get on board with it or you're going to have to accept you're going to get left behind and I thought okay right I can do this I can do this and I used to watch the TikTok videos with dogs and you and I used to think oh god you'd never see me on here but I thought I'll give it a go. And, uh, and actually, it's great. And, you know, there's tons of different ways you could approach it. For me, I use it more of like an information center. So, again, really great for maybe your first time renters. You know, the ones just coming out don't have that necessary life experience with renting. Um, it's a really good place to to find information. And, you know, there's, you know, there's some interesting videos that people post about our industry but um, overall it's it's a fun place and it's easy to absorb information because it's fun. And would you say then that you do tend to use those videos solely for tenants? Do you use them for landlords as well and just put general information out into the community? I do a bit of everything so <laughs> good news for this podcast <laughs> I, uh, yeah absolutely so I I use it really for landlords and tenants predominantly um I occasionally sprinkle in a little bit about selling and buying because I do have a background with that as well um just to, just keeping the content like relevant I think is important and you know when you get asked questions day in day out about the same things there you go that's your first video <laughs> what 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 do you want to talk about well what are you ask every day and um and I'll try and sprinkle that in with some you know fun trends of sounds and just make it relevant where I can and yeah you just got to make you just got to enjoy it if you don't enjoy it then don't do it (laughs) so how do you go about um you know from from concept to actually putting it out there I mean do you do uh you know do you like to bring lots of editing into it I know you just mentioned bringing in sounds and things like that do you keep it as simple as possible I mean how what's your what's your process (laughs) I really wish I could give you this really golden um 
like golden goose or a golden nugget of a, a tip here for you. And I'm sure all these people who work in social media are thinking, oh, God, you can tell the amateurs are rocked up. Um, but <laughs> I'll be honest, I tend to do a bulk load of videos. And I always joke and nobody ever believes me. But when I've got, you know, when I've done my hair and it looks nice, that's normally step one. You know, if, if the hair's looking good, let's try and get a bulk load of videos out. And, <laughs> and then I normally put them in my drafts ready for a rainy day. So um, you get on TikTok trending sounds. Now they can really range between music um, or like mouthing along to old TV shows or whatever it might be. And sometimes I'll see those and I'll record it, put it in my drafts and come back to it and think, right, how can I make that relevant to my industry? Or, or And it might be that I don't use it for months, but it's there when I need it. Um, so that's one aspect of it. And then for me, I try and sprinkle in maybe two fun videos to one informative video. And I just, as I said to you before, I, I go through what's what's interesting and and quite often I'm laying in bed and think oh that would be a good video and I'll email myself at work to remind myself to do it <laughs> um so that's normally my process it's not a particularly structured process but that is my process no I mean it seems like there's some pretty good tips in there especially the idea of building up like a bit of a backlog on the days where you feel just ready to to go in and create those videos and uh listening keeping an eye out for what's trending at that particular time just and you don't have to use them immediately but as long as you've got the ideas there you can use them when you need to I suppose yeah um with the idea of looking at the two fun and one informative video I mean do you find any particular trends in terms of the engagement that you get with those is one preferred over the other I mean how, how does that uh, work out for you interestingly I always thought the fun ones would do better um I think the informative ones I definitely get more comments on you know, so more people asking questions. And if someone asks me a question, I will always respond to them, as long as it's relevant, because I do get some weird people on there as well. Um, but, but in general, I'll always respond to a, to a comment with a with a video, and those really boost your um, engagements up. If you're responding to those, you almost certainly get a great reaction. Um, in fact, one of my best videos was a response to a question about pets, and it's had like 36 or 37,000 hits. So it just really, really varies. But in general, the kind of fun ones, you know, you get some, some okay interaction with them, but they're quite nice to build, you know, your name keep coming out there. How many times would a landlord have to ask you a question or a tenant have to ask you a question before you think, OK, now now's the time to create a video? <laughs> it depends how good the question is, to be honest. Um, if it's a if it's a if it's if it can be made into a video, I'd, I'll make a video out of it. Uh, certainly now, you know, because I've covered a lot of the bases now, um, you know, and so every time I get a new idea, I think, oh, yes, that one. Um, but I would say. Yeah, I would say it had to be a couple of times if it's something that I hadn't considered before. Um, but most of the time, if, if, it, if it feels like it's a, an interesting topic to talk about, I'll, you know, I'll make a video for it. And if it, and I just think, well, if it sits in my draft and I never use it, that's fine. But it's there if I need it. That's a, that's a good way to, to structure things and just make sure they have a little backlog of, of content, like you said before. Um, I, what would you say so far have been the top um, 
questions that you've answered if we're looking at the slightly more informative side of things um well why not look at both actually i mean what would you say is, is uh, the two pieces of content that you put out there on tiktok that have had the most uh, that's had the most engagement so i did one video i said about pets and it was uh trying to convince a landlord to take your pet um, so i did the top three reasons why a landlord should consider your pet that one got tons and tons of hits. That's my best video to date, um, and it's pinned to the top of my profile. Um, so that's probably number one. And then bizarrely, um, a toss-up between – I've got this really strange – do you remember the show The Mighty Boosh? Do you remember that show? <laughs> yes, I do yeah, recall that, yeah. yeah. He had this weird um, character called Old Greg who like lived in this cave. Um, so I did a video to that, almost pretending that you were out to value someone's house. But, you know, it, it was all a bit weird – um, but great interactions that one was, that one got a good one um and there was another video sort of taking the mick out of people scrolling through right move looking at houses they can never afford because that's exactly what I do um so I'd say there's it's not two but let's go with three those are my three <laughs> No, I mean, um, I can see why that kind of that kind of fun video, I suppose it's not so much the engagement that you get on a single post. It's making people interested to want to come back and watch you that little bit more, you know, see what else you're going to put out there. And uh, I mean, those sound very engaging to me. So I definitely <laughs> the mighty boosh. That one's a, um, an interesting one. Um, no, I saw I saw recently as well that you'd um, you'd um, grown your following. I think it was on LinkedIn um, from 500 followers to 1500 within the space of a month. I mean, how do you go about, um, you know, growing that? I mean, how much time do you have to invest in order to be able to see that growth? I mean, th I think there is I'm sure there are really clever algorithms to make it work out. Right. Um, I tend to try and post at least every day um, and. I, if I can post twice a day, I will post twice a day. So, you know, over Christmas, I didn't do an awful lot of fresh content because I was taking time out. So I used a lot of my backlog stuff, which was fine, but clearly it works. So I was posting that regularly. Um, so I think regular posts, I think you have to work out where you want to sit. You know, so there's tons of different agents on TikTok and they have varying different um, success rate but for me I really wanted to keep it a really positive place and um, a place that we could almost have the opportunity to show the general public that we're actually okay you know we're not we're not the the stereotypical estate agent that you you, you know you you think you know so I never wanted it to be a negative place or a place that was going to be you know promoting clicks you know because you've you've said something controversial so if you decide you want to go down that route, um, you will boost your followings no end. But then, you know, you come, it comes with the comments, you know, and the, the poor interactions. For me, I took the opposite approach. It was like I wanted it to come organically and naturally, just using my personality and my experience. And I think that when you're genuine, it will just organically grow. But I would say try, if you're going to make an effort, try and post at least once a day, if not twice. It's probably my biggest advice. Um, but yeah, so that so I tripled the following and I, I saw like five times more likes. You know, I went from like 10,000 hits to 50,000. It was bonkers. I don't quite know how I managed it myself, but uh, that that's all I've done is, is just be myself, really. 
No, well, I can see why that works. I suppose if you just put things out there just to be controversial, you might get an immediate um, response to that one thing, but people won't necessarily come back for more. You know, people yeah. don't want that negativity, I no. suppose. So it's uh, more sustainable, the approach that you're taking, yeah. I'd, I'd say. Um, and how, how does it fit in, in in the context of Haslam's? I mean, obviously you're doing this, um, it seems, off your own back. Um, you know, is Haslam's encouraging of this? Is it something that they uh, that they sort of factor into the, the overall marketing strategy? I mean, how, how does it work? Well, as I said, I was doing this pre-Haslam's, so we haven't necessarily um, structured it into a formal marketing, but we often do share um, some of the content on our LinkedIn page, for example, um, and, and I'm very careful about how I conduct myself on those platforms to ensure that I'm representing our brand well. That's really important um, because the Internet is a big place and you don't want to get swallowed up there. So um, but they're really supportive. They were very excited. Um, you know, we did a bit of videoing when I first started. Um, you know, we do a lot with that. Um, we did lots of interviewing. So, yeah, they're, they're very supportive of all of the little projects that I have running off the side. And, and I think that's that's also really important, um, certainly for me anyway. Um, with you mentioning you know, these different projects that you have going off to the side, you have very recently, I believe, launched a podcast, mm -hmm. uh, which is Lettings in a Nutshell, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. how, did, how did that come about? Why did you decide to, to launch your own podcast? I think for me, um, as a female working in this industry and as somebody that you know gets invited on lots of podcasts um something that was really important to me was that and actually you haven't done it today so this is a great great starting point for you is that one of the I always get asked as a mum how I juggle being a mum and working full-time and how do I juggle this and I'm and for me I, I love being a mum but it's not about my professional platform and and so I wanted to to have almost I, I almost wanted to take the control back a little bit and say, actually, you know, I'm more than just a mum. I've, you know, I've got a career and I work really hard and, you know, and that is an aspect of it. But, I, you know, for, you know, for example, I had a, a chap called David Votter on my podcast and he, I think he did a podcast. Um, he's done work with you guys before. And, uh, and I asked him the question and it was the first time that he's had that question asked of him. So for me, it was almost like a little bit of a, I don't know, like a little feminist battle. Like I'll obviously keep keep fighting the fight for. So yeah, that was it. It was literally that. It was I was just thought, you know what? It's time for me to take control of this, and I'm going to do my own thing. Oh, that seems like a a good thing to do, as you say. It is it is interesting turning some of these questions back around and uh, asking it from different perspectives. Yeah. So, yeah, podcast is a great platform to be able to do that in. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what sorts of questions will you look to answer in your podcast? Is this going to be something, again, for landlords, tenants? Is it going to be for fellow letting agents? You know, what, who, who's the audience for this? It's a fastly evolving podcast. I tell you that I've got um, a mixture. I think basically the tie in all, all around is is coming back to property. So not so much letting specific, but more um property specific I think is probably the fairest way to look at it but I don't plan to end it there because I've got some good contacts with people that have built empires outside of our industry and I just think it's interesting people um that we can all you know resonate with and just give them a you know a conversation that is lightweight you know nothing too heavy just enjoyable to listen to so um yeah I've got some some, some fantastic people including Stephen Brown <laughs> lined up to come and have a chat with me so yeah it's great I'm really chuffed that everyone's um wrapped their arms around me and, and really supported me through it 
No, it's a great way to be able to use your network and to be able to, you know, get to get everybody together. I mean, it's it's funny how everybody you know, does seem to know each other in this industry as well. So it's great to be able to pull everybody together to have that those conversations. You know, the um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a good great format to to try out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and perhaps bringing it back round to the um, you know, as I say, the the industry specific situation at the moment with high tenant demand, low stock, and so on. I mean, how have you found or have you found that these activities have they helped with that situation you know communicating with tenants have you uh, used it to sort of help that them filter themselves when they're when they're looking for for properties are you helping uh, does it help attract landlords um, to Haslands has it been beneficial in that sense I wouldn't say so much TikTok specifically has but that was that was almost the, I think the way I sort of tackled TikTok because you know I, you know when I set it up I kind of had this feeling that I wasn't going to be staying where I was at my current employer I sort of felt like it was I was starting to want to change so I was conscious I didn't want to set up and put a lot of effort into one company to then move it to another company so it became more about um sounds awful to say almost like your personal brand I guess um with that it then translates onto LinkedIn because a lot of the content I push through from TikTok to LinkedIn less of the mighty boosh old Greg more of the informative stuff but you know nonetheless um and I think that with that that's helped produce my profile up a little bit so when I joined the Haslands team you know it was a I can honestly tell you my LinkedIn has never exploded like it did that week I joined the team so you know I think having you know a bit of a name out there is has really helped um in terms of you know bringing me and Haslands together I guess well, I, I do think that it's funny talking about, yes, it is obviously going to boost your personal brand. But at the end of the day, whilst you're associated with a company, um, you know, with an agency, it's it's sort of it is a bit of a grey area as to where those um, where those split out into two entities. Um, I mean, do you think that it the fact that you, you know, the fact of you joining Haslam's, the fact of you um, having this big personal brand, do you think that it almost can help? agencies have a bit more of a competitive advantage in some ways if um, you're already so well known in the in the industry I think so because the reality is is the more your name is out there whether that be TikTok LinkedIn whatever it might be whatever your you know your area is you know if you put into Google letting agents in Reading you know you're going to start popping to the top and and when people look to rent their properties or buy them the first thing they do is is look for some recommendations or they go to Google to find somebody and the more your name comes up the more familiar they are with you you know it's it's almost like you know it's like cleaning products you know you, you stick with what you know and then all of a sudden at the end of the middle aisle at Tesco's you see oh okay that's a brand I haven't heard of and then you see it everywhere and then all of a sudden you become comfortable with it and then that's, so then you look at more likely to move and I think our industry is exactly the same you know the more you see my name and Haslam's name, the more you can kind of go, right, yeah, I reckon I, I trust that name. I trust that brand. Oh, they're, they're all part of one entity. Fantastic. So it's 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 that kind of thing, in my opinion, anyway. No, it's, uh, that makes complete sense. Um, and uh, perhaps just to sort of wrap up, I, I suppose, I mean, how um, would you say that there are any other ways, any 
untapped ways that you perhaps haven't yet looked at or, or ways that, uh, you know, that you would consider looking at in the future to, to help you as a, stand out as your own personal brand, to help agents in general, um, you know, things that agencies should be looking at doing in order to be able to stand out whilst demand is so high and competition is quite high in the market? I think you have to work out what works for your business model. So, you know, we're an independent here in Reading. You know, we um, we are all local people and we all have faces. And I think the important thing for that is that our, you know, our brand recognises that it, it's only as strong as some of the people that are in it as well. So, you know, you know, we've got, you know, for our Ollie who runs our lettings, you know, he's been here for like 13 years. You know, that's incredible for such a young chap what an amazing achievement for him. And I think that by showing all of your staff and how long they've been there and the longevity, that in itself is a way of using, um, you know, your social media, get those faces out there because they're the people that are going out and winning your business. And, and they're the people going out and meeting all these clients and they, they will have their own personal brand, whether it's one they're pushing themselves or whether it's just naturally happened. Um, and I think, that a lot of agencies um, lost that because it was almost expensive to put people's faces on brochures, you know, because they leave. But they wouldn't leave if, if everybody was happy. <laughs> so it's a twofold thing. So, you know, look after your staff because they will make you business because them being here is, is a massive asset to you. It, it does seem quite a circular argument with, uh, <laughs> as you say, with, with, the fact that uh, uh, the people in any company there they're obviously essential to that company doing well and there's an easy way to keep them it's to keep them happy <laughs> so uh, yeah no I think that's that's a, a great message to uh, to wrap up on um, I mean thank you ever so much Megan for joining me I think that we've had some amazing tips there in terms of how to use TikTok and how to get your personal brand out there which will obviously therefore help boost uh, agency brands so thank you very much no thank you for inviting me